Hey Flingers, it's showtime. Just wanted to thank you for listening to today's episode of Future of the Fairway, which is brought to you by the American Classic Golf Club, the home of the first World League Fling Golf Tournament. The American Classic is a nine-hole family-owned golf course located in the Lewis Rehoboth Beach areas of Southern Delaware. So if you're ever on vacation or ever in the area for whatever reason, we would love for you to swing on by and give our track a try. And hey, you never know who you might run into. But anyways, we hope to see you around. And don't forget, you got to aim high to let it fly. Okay. Did boot camp in Chicago, uh, did A school in Mississippi, and then joined the Navy to go see the world, and I get lovely shore duty in Groton, Connecticut for four years. Uh, okay. Did boot camp in Chicago, uh, did A school in Mississippi, and then joined the Navy to go see the world, and I get lovely shore duty in Groton, Connecticut for four years. You can go outside and be healthy instead of just going to the bar or something mm-hmm. like that. You're outside, you're getting mm-hmm. sun, you're walking, you're riding, preferably walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's good for the soul. It's good for the mind. It's good for your mental health. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to the Future of the Fairway podcast with Adam Copeland. Thank you once again for tuning in and for uh, joining this community. I'm really glad to have you here uh, and tuning in for today's episode, uh, which features Neil Little, uh, known as Tin Man. Uh, But before we do the intro to Neil, I want to say a thank you to everybody who submitted uh, some ideas and um, uh, names to me for... uh, future guests uh, for the podcast. I really appreciate those who did that uh, for sending contact information where it was requested. And I look forward to reaching out and uh, connecting with some folks um, that you've suggested uh, join uh, the podcast. Um, And, you know, be sure to tune in on Fridays as well as we are uh, publishing on YouTube uh, the after show featuring Showtime, Austin Eversill, uh, and myself. Uh, there's a few of the suggestions that came through that uh, will probably make their way into the after show. Uh, I'm thinking uh, particularly uh, of SVL and uh, wanting to see a demonstration, at least the, uh, a visual of uh, the Fling Man um, and uh, looking at the behind the scenes of uh, the Fling clip as well. Um, I think it'd probably be better to see that uh, as opposed to listen uh, to it. Uh, but uh, we'll, we've got a few things coming up for both the after show as well as Future of the Fairway. Um, we are just a few weeks away from the Potomac Highlands uh, regional event uh, in Cape and Springs, West Virginia. Please go to flinggolf.com to register for that if you have not. And registration uh, opened uh, to the general public uh, today, uh, recording this on April 10th. Um, for the Delaware tournament uh, that will be May 20th, 21st, and 22nd in Lewis, Delaware at our presenting sponsors, uh, 
the American Classic Golf Club in Lewis, Delaware. Uh, really excited uh, for a return to that uh, course uh, and to the wonderful folks uh, at ACGC. And uh, really excited for some of the new things that they've got coming, including a juniors tournament. Um, it looks like there's going to be some uh, additional things for the finals, uh, maybe playing up to nine holes uh, for both the individual and the team events. Uh, so it should be a really good time uh, in May. And uh, we're really, I'm really looking forward uh, to that. So for today's episode, uh, Neil uh, and I had a conversation um, that that was just fantastic. Neil's um, a, a great person, um, really thoughtful, really insightful. I uh, really enjoyed talking to him and finding out about his background um, that ranges from growing up in Maryland. Um, we talked a little bit about his military service, about him uh, moving to Canada for a few years, getting to Delaware. Uh, talked about uh, his family uh, as well, uh, wife Jamie, son Swaggy P. Uh, both of them get a good shout out uh, throughout the episode. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, really, really fun to talk to Neil and uh, uh, particularly about um, uh, mental health and fling golf being a component uh, of of good well-being and uh, how fling golf has, uh, in particular, helped Neil um, over the past uh, year, year and a half. Um, so, stay tuned uh, to listen to that. Uh, really, really great um, of Neil to uh, to open up uh, and share some of the stories that he did on this episode. So, um, once again, uh, Neil, I really appreciate you, uh, and I'm, for the rest of you, I'm glad that you're going to get a chance to listen to the Ten Man. Here we go. All right. Welcome to the Future of the Fairway podcast. I am thrilled to invite and have Neil Little, uh, also known as Tin Man, on the podcast today. How's it going, Neil? Going great. How are you today? I'm well. I'm well. It is uh, it's good to see you. It's been a couple of weeks now since we saw each uh, other in uh, West Virginia. That was a great time. Had by all. We just don't talk about it, though. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Not on a publicly available podcast, yeah, no. uh, for sure. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was cool to see you there. It was cool to see you in San Diego and uh, and get to hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you've you've had a, a pretty cool start um, to uh, to the year uh, as far as uh, the fling golf tour goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nice, nice uh, top ten finish in San Diego for you. Yes, uh, and fifth in the team with with uh, Iceman. I, I, that was that was the follow up. Uh, you and uh, you and Brandon had a really good good showing of the team event too, and um, made a little bit of noise in the finals. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that was cool. Yeah, well, Brandon and I we've decided that we want some redemption in May, so we're going to team up again in May. That's awesome. Yeah. That'll oh, that uh, that's a nice wrench in the. Um, uh, in the current talk uh, that's uh, out on social media right now, yes. um, I, ooh, that's a, y'all are a, definitely a, a dark horse yeah. uh, to take those uh, to take the take the chains. Yeah, and then after that, I, I think we're going to go separate ways because of you know everything that you guys got going on. So, but uh, we need yeah. redemption at American Classic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Hey, it's uh, it's. Uh, I, would, I guess you would consider ACGC your home course. Oh, very much so. If it wasn't, yeah. if it wasn't for them, man, I, I wouldn't be into it, into fling golf at all. And uh, I play there, I don't know, four to seven times a week. Um, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, um, they've uh, they're great people. 
you know, and they helped me get through some tough spots in my life. And um, uh, I love helping them out as they help me out. So they're good people, mm-hmm. very good people. So that's uh, that's cool. So um, well, let's find out a little bit about you. Yes. What uh, are you from Delaware originally? No, I grew up in the uh, in between Baltimore and DC in Maryland, uh, Anne Arundel okay. County. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, when I was born, we lived in Laurel. Then we moved to Crofton, and then. Uh, Millersville, and then when I graduated, we were living in Odington. So, okay, yeah, yeah. so mostly Maryland, mostly Maryland. Yeah, uh, I yeah. did live in. Uh, I was in the Navy, so I got shipped around a little bit then. Uh, okay, did boot camp in Chicago. Uh, did a school in Mississippi, and then joined the Navy to go see the world. And I get lovely shore duty in Groton, Connecticut, for four years. <laughs> So did you join uh, right out of high school? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually got out um, about 15 days before 9-11 happened. Oh, wow. And uh, I moved to Canada to be with my dad. My dad's Canadian. Um, okay. And uh, living up there when all that happened, it was it was a wild wow. experience, you know, and uh, it makes me miss the Navy when I was, but I was glad I wasn't in because everything changed mm-hmm. after that, so. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was. It was wild. Like, yeah, I really got to see what Canadians thought of Americans. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most of them are. That's our. That's our friendly neighbor. And then there's some that not so much. <laughs> uh, do you have dual citizenship? I do. I was one of the last ones to be able to get it with Canada after that. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have. You can't have dual anymore for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah. Well, it was it was cool. I just had to fill out like two pieces of paper, and they gave me my citizenship. I was like, okay, cool, I'll take it. And <laughs> when did that happen for you? What's that? What, when did that happen? Uh, when, when I moved up there. When I moved up there. Okay. My dad, okay. my mom, and uh, dad they were married up until I was about seventeen, um, mm-hmm. and then some bad things happened, and he moved back to Canada. We'll say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I was curious, particularly since you had you had military service in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, if that had impacted um, your ability for that or not. It, it did, though. So I joined the Navy to get into um, – uh, I was going to become a cryptologist, which is uh, oh, yeah. a, a message decoding. and Because that's what my uh-huh. grandfather did, who Patrick, my son, is named after. Uh, it's what he did mm-hmm. in the Army Air Corps in World War II. So I was like, let me get into that. Uh, did really good mm-hmm. on my ASVAD to get in. And uh, I was three-quarters of the way through boot camp. And they were like, uh, we can't give you your clearance to get into intelligence. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, you're because you have too many ties with Canada. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, wow. I was like, my recruiter knew that. And he goes, well, this wouldn't have been an issue if your recruiter filled out one form. I'm like, can't we fill this form out right now? And they're like, no, they're like, you have a couple of options. You can become, uh, you can get out and say no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can become a seaman, which is like chip and paint on boats. Uh, machinist mate, which I'm not a wrench turner, <laughs> or you can become <laughs> admin, which they called a yeoman. And I was like, well, I'll take the yeoman because I joined the Navy. Okay. I wanted to serve my country and get my life together. And mm-hmm. so I uh, did really well in a school, got promoted quick to E4 or petty officer. Um, and then I was in a school when I got promoted and then I moved to my duty station and I was supposed, I asked, I was like, I'll stay in and I'll take the yeoman role but please send me to a boat. My class was the first yeah. class in like a decade to everybody got shore duty. 
Wow. So, yeah. So <laughs> I got to go to Groton, Connecticut, which we call it Rotten Groton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Well, what, uh, what part of the state is that? In? Um, about uh, 20 minutes. Not much of the state to have to figure yeah, out. Yeah, it's about 20 minutes from, it's near New London, Connecticut, where the Coast Guard okay. um, mm -hmm. Academy is, and about, I guess, 20 minutes from Rhode Island. So it's way up okay. there. Yeah. 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 I was glad to get out when I did. <laughs> I, so how long did you stay? I did my four. I did my four. Yeah. When, so okay. I ended up getting stationed at a submarine base and... As you know, American submarines are nuclear. So I ended up having mm -hmm. a higher clearance than what I needed to do intelligence to work on nuclear, to do work with <laughs> nuclear subs. So it was just, it was an experience. Lessons learned, gave me a great work ethic. You know, I got to serve uh -huh. my country uh -huh. and uh, I love the U.S. So that's why I don't live in Canada. So. <laughs> so from there, you did go to Canada. How long were you up there? Uh, uh, two years, two and a half years, roughly. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I missed home. It, it's, even yeah. though it's just north of us, it was very different up there. Very friendly. They treated me well, but mm -hmm. it, it was just, it wasn't home. And especially going through 9-11, I missed, I wanted to come mm -hmm. home. And uh, yeah. I went, when I moved back, I lived with my mom and her new husband and uh, went back to college and was able to get my education. So it worked out. Okay. Yeah. And I got to play semi-pro lacrosse up there for two years, which was awesome. Got to win an Ontario, oh, wow. yeah, Ontario Provincial Championship, um, which was great. I, I'd never been a part of something like that, and uh, uh -huh. yeah, but was glad to come home. Yeah. yeah, had you had you played lacrosse oh. uh, through school? Yeah, so lacrosse. The reason why I love fling golf, kind of tell you why, is the roots of fling golf is lacrosse, mm -hmm. um, and my dad played pro lacrosse um, is the reason why he came down to the States was he got drafted by the Maryland arrows back in the seventies and okay. met my mom, like the third week he was here and they got married less than a year <laughs> later. So, and so that league folded shortly after he came down and he was already, uh, they were in the process of getting married. So mm -hmm. uh, lacrosse kind of, it was a part of our lives, but not really like my dad and I would play catch. And then, Mm -hmm. In 87, the new box lacrosse league started, and my dad was the goalie for the Washington Wave, which Philadelphia Wings, I think Pittsburgh had a team called the Bulls for a while. Okay. Um, so, yeah, my dad played and coached for the Washington Wave, so I was around the game my whole life. Um, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I didn't play. I tried to play when I was about eight or nine years old and I got hit and I was like, I'm going back to baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, my freshman year of high school, my, the JV coach knew who my dad was and mm -hmm. uh, kind of forced me to play lacrosse and <laughs> instead of baseball. Uh, I love playing baseball, but I'm glad I switched to lacrosse in high school. Yeah. yeah I got moved up by the end of my freshman year to play varsity, which was mm -hmm. cool. So, but my true yeah, love was awesome. soccer. Just like you. Oh, really? Yes, I was a goalie. Yeah, just that's right. Yes, I was a goalie. Um, and uh, I played travels. Uh, I played for a team called the Bowie Cardinals. Um, we were ranked mm -hmm. fifth in the state at one point in Maryland. We made it to the semifinals of a Maryland State Cup, which was cool. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I got to travel with it too. Raleigh. We went up to Toronto, which was cool. So, yeah, that was my mm -hmm. true love. And, uh, but 
lacrosse as I've gotten older has become more prevalent in my life for some reason. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's because of the past. So, uh, <laughs> do you still follow some soccer? I do. Oh, big time. Big time. I'm a big Man U yeah. fan. Love Man U. Um, well, that's uh, that was, this is was a really fun conversation. Yes. Uh, but we're going to have to cut it short now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Liverpool. <laughs> so I, um, I was, you know, very much uh, love playing. Um, growing up in Alabama, you know, the, the 94 World Cup uh, was um, the first big thing in the States that we got to kind of watch and, and follow. But uh, I never did follow any of the professional leagues. Okay. Um, in, in my 20s, I started looking into that, but I just I was I was living in San Antonio for a good bit of that. And basketball was just the dominant uh, sport to follow for that, but um, when when Pulisic uh, signed with Chelsea, mm -hmm. uh, the kids and I were they had both I think Latham had just started playing in the rec league or um, or, or Gwendolyn had both of them, so I was like, you know what, we're going to do this. We're going to watch Pulisic play with Chelsea, and we'll just we'll follow them through that. So we've kind of uh, glommed on to uh, to Chelsea. Although now with there's a lot more Americans even in the past two years that have joined the premier league. Um, so uh, we'll see. I, I don't know that he's going to stick with them. Uh, Chelsea's been, <laughs> it's been a wild ride, but it seems like pretty much par for the course uh, with their uh, last 20 years of history of new manager every 18 months. Right. Uh, <laughs> never know what's right. going on, but, uh, but yeah, no, it, it's nice. We've, um, I, I, I like being able to watch soccer. It's a, basically a two hour commitment. Yeah. Um, you can, you know, follow it on, whether it's your team or another team that, that you're watching. It's, uh, it's been pretty cool to, uh, to follow. So I, I would say long, long answer Chelsea right now, but, uh, we'll, we'll TBD on what the future is. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Yeah. He's a, he's a heck of a player. Did you get to go to any of the 94 world cup games? No, we, um, we didn't, we went to the, to a Argentina match at the 96 Olympics. So what Atlanta hosted, but Birmingham got a couple of the um, Olympic games. So we did drive down and saw, I forget, it was Argentina against somebody else, um, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but no, we didn't, we didn't make it. Um, but we, I mean, we were watching that Winalda goal um, in Detroit to open up the the World Cup uh, was just, yeah. uh, you know, it was spectacular. Yeah, it was. Such a, such a fun feeling. I got to go to. And then Brazil and the U.S. played that year. Yeah. Um, in the quarters, uh, Leonardo famously elbowed, uh, was it Reina? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. The um, so but that was kind of like a mixed emotions because it was like, I want the U.S. to do well, but like Brazil is definitely the favorite. So we'll, we'll be happy either way. But it was kind of bittersweet to see um, uh, it play out uh, the way it did with that injury and that uh, unnecessary elbow. Right. But, um, but that, that was still a fun World Cup to follow. Yeah, I got to go to one game at RFK in D.C. Um, it, oh, it, was, awesome. it was Saudi Arabia against Belgium. They're Saudis. Oh, okay. The Saudi Arabians, man, the fans were crazy. There was one, <laughs> you know, they're in their Muslim garb. One dude ripped off his Muslim garb and started running around the stadium naked. <laughs> it's like ingrained in my memory. I'll never forget that. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, what fun! What yeah, fun. It, it was. That was. Uh, I fell in love with soccer during that '94 World Cup, even though I played. Yeah, it, that was cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to um for the 26 World Cup. Um, lots of lots of opportunity I think for to hopefully go to a match or two, but uh, hopefully the U.S. can get this act together, uh, make a even better showing than they did this. I past think they one. will. I think they're going to have a very. Good I, I think so too. I, I'll, I'll be curious to see where they land on a coach. Yeah. Um, and what what comes through for that? But like we've we've got legit talent um, in a way that we haven't before. Like we're talking about ninety four. Like um, you know, Lawless, um, Tony Miola. You know, those are guys that were just ingrained in my mind. Of like, I thought Tony Miola had the greatest hair. He had it shaved on the sides and he had a ponytail. I was like, man, that is so cool. Um, I wanted to have a goatee because Alexi Lawless had a long That's goatee. Nice, um, terrible personal uh hygiene looks like i don't need to have tony Mueller hair or that uh, lava's uh, goatee but uh, you know we were all impressionable i guess I, I got to play um when i was a freshman and junior in high school i got to play where tony miola went i say benedict uh-huh. in newark new jersey uh, i believe oh, claudia yeah. rainia claudia reina went there as well they were ranked like number mm-hmm. two nationally uh, oh, I, man. I, start, yeah. I, I saw i saw was a goalie and I, I made jv my freshman year and the night before varsity's first game the senior goalie for varsity actually was in a car accident and oh, no. puncture lungs and like it was a very serious oh so wow. the day of the first day of the varsity game the i walk into school and the whole varsity soccer team standing there like hey neil we need to talk to you well, i'm like what are you talking about you're now our goalie and i'm like i'm like you know maybe five six at the time like had no clue <laughs> and uh-huh, uh uh-huh. got to play I, I started every game up until the third game of my senior year and uh which was cool i mean it, it was a lot of fun but my, that's awesome my body's hurting from it <laughs> oh man I, I tell you, there's a um there's a unique mindset and personality that soccer goalkeepers have i think it's i think goalies i've heard it's similar in hockey uh, maybe lacrosse i don't know if you know you're you're a centric uh kind of highest uh level of daredevils Find their way to be goalkeepers in soccer. Uh, I don't know if that's true for lacrosse. Oh, you got to be crazy to play lacrosse goalie. They don't wear any pads in the field. My son, Patrick Swaggy P, is crazy, man. He loves the bruises. He comes over, Dad, look at this one. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, goodness. Yeah, my youngest sister was a a keeper. She played uh, D1 soccer as well uh, for a couple of years. Um, She was a walk on. But, um, but yeah, that was that was pretty fun to uh, to get to follow that. Yeah, my fingers are all messed up now. Like I'm gonna have arthritis. I can already feel it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. I, 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 if I could go back in time, though, I would actually probably play lacrosse goalie after teaching my son mm-hmm. Patrick and uh, my dad's history because my dad was a goalie as well in yeah, lacrosse. Yeah. Uh, but boxed goalies, they actually wear pads, you know, shin pads, just oh, protector. Okay. Okay. Field lacrosse, all they wear is the just mortar. Yeah, it's like this big. That's all the protection they wear. So, Sheesh, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, oh. I enjoyed playing goalie. It was fun. But I, I, would, I wish I could go back and play lacrosse goalie. I'd probably be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, I still play lacrosse to this day. I've played some, like, over 40 tournaments and stuff like that. Okay. And I don't know. You're over 40. Neil. I'm 44. I'm about to, I'm going to be 44 on Monday, April 10th. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. I just, I just turned 43. So yes. we're right. Welcome. In that same, 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to feel it now. <laughs> oh, it's, I did I did something holding my computer mouse and my, uh, my forearm started twitching a little bit. I'm like, I mean, this isn't even a good story. And here I am telling it. But it's like, yeah. <laughs> I hurt myself holding my mouse. <laughs> the, the smallest, the smallest things, right? Yep. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, I know. so my weakness in soccer, why I never went to college with it was I, I didn't couldn't jump. I definitely have mm. have that disease. Mm-hmm. Like I just I never could jump high enough. I could stop the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could punt the ball pretty far. Um, but mm-hmm. and then diving to my left for some reason, I'm right handed. I could dive perfectly to my right, but to my left, oh, really? I could never protect my hip good enough. And Oh, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. having problems with my left oh. hip now. I'm like, oh no, I need to be careful. Oh crap! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting all these text messages coming through. It's all the team Delaware. Who are we partnering <laughs> with? Who's your teammates? <laughs> <laughs> Tell them to hold off. You're uh, I'm busy. You got an important conversation. Going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. Um, let's see. So you. Uh, get back from Canada, move in, uh, come back to Maryland. Yep. And then shortly yep. after my parents moved, uh, my stepfather, um, who was actually mm-hmm. my best friend in soccer's father and one of my dad's good friends. And my mother actually got married. Oh, wow. And, yeah, so wow. I was living with them when I moved back from Canada. Uh, just okay. a weird situation. How your best friend becomes your brother. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I love him though. He's just like, I mean, he's family. Hey, He's been yeah. uh, my stepbrother still to this day. You know, we were 13 when we met, you know, and now we're 44 and still great oh, friends. Well, he's, he's definitely a true cool. brother, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so, yeah. So then shortly after I moved back, my parents, they moved to Clayton or Smyrna, Delaware. I'm like, why wow, you got, mm-hmm. they found a big old house with land and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm not moving. I'm, I'm going in around a community college to become a nurse. Yeah. And they're like, well, you can't live with us because we we're selling the house. And I was like, okay. So I moved to Delaware, lived with them for about six months. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I moved to the beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I moved to Lewis, actually. Uh, yeah. It's called Bay Crossing. It's probably a block up from where American Classic is. <laughs> okay. And yeah. I remember playing that course before it was American Classic. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was called Heritage, like the where the hotel across the Virginia. Awesome! Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's how long ago I've been here. I've been in Delaware now, over twenty years. It's a good place. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you, uh, you, you said you got your degree. Did you go into nursing? I did not. I got uh, so. I had some weird things happen to me in my life, you know, and so I didn't. I stopped going to school for a little while, um, and uh, up until about Patrick was three years old. I did not go mm-hmm. to school. I was just working odd jobs here and there. I sold cars for a while. I was really good mm-hmm. at selling cars. And uh, I actually got lucky before I had my education and got into selling spinal implants um, and worked oh, with okay. the doctors over at BB and fell in love with medical sales. And I was like, huh. I need to figure out a way to get back into medical sales. And without a degree, it's very very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, I got my associates as a medical assistant. It was just kind of the Mm -hmm. easiest path. And then with my, okay. With my work history, I'm like, Oh, I should be able to get into medical sales. Got my degree 10 years ago and got into medical sales two years ago. Oh, wow. 
eight years to finally find something. And now I work for benchmark physical therapy and I love it. So cool. Cool. So what does benchmark do? Uh, Physical therapy. Um, We're, we are the largest outpatient physical therapy company in the country. Uh, we have okay. 1,800 clinics. Um, the um, the big umbrella name is Upstream Rehabilitation. Um, okay. The clinics that I work for um, in Delaware were called Benchmark Physical Therapy. And then right. with my recent promotion, I now have some Maryland clinics, and they go by the Dreyer name, Dreyer Physical Therapy. So, okay, yeah, big collaborate, right. big corporate America medical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it though. It's uh, the people I work for in Delaware are amazing. My the leadership mm-hmm. up, going all the way up, they're just great people, and they care about the patient awesome. first and foremost. Which in physical therapy, mm-hmm. it's not always like that. Mm-hmm. So, it's a, cool. He, that's awesome. Yeah. That's like congrats on the recent promotion. Thank you. That's, uh, Thank you. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be uh, in a hybrid role um, and a full. I was a junior account manager before because Delaware only has four clinics. Um, now okay. I'm a full-on account manager with a hybrid role, so I'm going to be doing inside and outside sales now. Um, it's a okay. new to the company role, um, and hmm. kind of the, I guess the the guinea pig. There's me and a couple other people within the company of the guinea pigs to try mm-hmm. something out. So, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, for for clarity. Um, distinguish between inside and outside sales okay. just for so as, in case anybody's yeah, yeah, yeah. parking lot or inside the building yeah, well, so i <laughs> i basically work from home i have a home office that's where i'm sitting now mm-hmm. um and then monday through friday i'll be the outside account manager so i have to go to offices like different providers doctor's offices mm-hmm. uh outpatient clinics emergency care um OBGYN offices, because we have a pelvic mm-hmm. health specialist, uh, primary care, orthopedic care, and just go and talk to the front desk staff um, and try to okay. set up lunches and stuff like that. So we can meet the providers or the doctors or the nurse practitioners or physician mm-hmm. assistant. Um, if I can get in front of them during my days in the office, great. If not, um, it is what it is. My relationship is more with the front desk staff. Um, okay. And then inside will be, it's more of like a virtual role where we'll be making phone calls. They don't even really okay. know. It's new to the company. Interesting. I start next month. I start on Monday. So it's, we're going to figure it out. <laughs> like, like using social media, like LinkedIn and Facebook and mm-hmm. stuff like that, faxing, um, email. Uh, don't know yet. Mm-hmm. I got lots to learn. Cool, yeah, yeah. cool. But that's, it sounds like it's a relatively flexible for you, uh, which would be cool. You get, uh, you can probably start to some extent as early as you want in the day. Yes. Uh, grab some afternoon time to, you know, head over to ACGC if you need to uh, get three nine holes, yep. or or just go bother Austin or Brandon or Brett or whoever else is hanging out over there. Yeah. I spend some time on the putting green too sometimes. <laughs> If, I, if I'm working in Lewis that day, sometimes during my lunch, I'll go over there and uh, play three holes real quick and then go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. This episode of Future of the Fairway podcast is sponsored by Yada Golf. Yada Golf and Flink Golf are a perfect pair. Both value inclusion, encouragement, passion, and being your whole self. 
Yana Golf has the best line of men's and women's golf shirts you'll find out there. I love the feel and texture of my polos, as well as their eye-catching designs. I'm currently rotating through Vintage King, Light Wave, and Fresh Flavors, and my favorite is whichever one I'm wearing that day. They've got premium polos for those who want to stand out on the golf course, and premium polos for those who want to keep a lower profile. Yada Golf. Master the shirt game, conquer the short game. And now back to the future of the Fairway Podcast. So uh, let's see. Uh, we uh, folks that know you uh, are likely to also know your son Swaggy P. Swaggy he P. played in the uh, inaugural uh, fling golf tournament last year. Yes, he did. Was he and a friend? Uh, yeah, it was Drew, his best friend. Yeah, his, okay. Him and his best friend Drew. Uh, though I loved on the ESPN uh, film that they put out. The only uh-huh. time they showed Drew or Patrick, it was Drew chucking one into the water on six. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's awesome. That's about how they were that day. <laughs> Did you play in their group with them? Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. main event. And still to this day, oh, okay. I owe main event for dealing with that because it was a <laughs> long, hot day with two 13-year-old boys, to say the least. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I, hopefully, you don't know him too much. No, I told um, him. I told him I'm not going to. Uh, when you guys come in May, like, of course, you're and not you're, you're a part of Team Delaware in a way, Adam. So I will always play a practice <laughs> round with you. But I told main event I, that my payback will be I'll play a practice round with you to give you all the ins and outs of the course. <laughs> now that I've played nice. it probably nice. 150 times, so. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So um, I, I'm curious. You mentioned that you had um, you had been at ACGC before it became ACGC. Were you uh, were you a golfer? Oh, yeah. uh, as well, was that? And do you still play golf, or have you gone exclusively fling? Exclusively fling since 2019 when it came to ACGC, okay. uh, American Classic uh, when they did their first fling golf Friday before it was even mm-hmm. called that. Um, uh, I golfed. My grandfather, who Swaggy's named after, uh, taught me mm-hmm. to start. Start. I started playing golf when I was about eight years old. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I never played competitively. Never had a lesson. Just you know, natural mm-hmm. athletic ability. Just played the game. Was never good. You know, I think I shot under. I think I shot under ninety once. <laughs> <laughs> you know that 20 handicap was just typical and then uh switched to fling golf uh when they started the first time they ever had fling golf there that fling golf friday my uh, my wife jamie she found she saw it on facebook and she was like you should go try this and i was like of course and i went yeah. and fell in love right away i was like this is amazing oh that's awesome yeah i mean i was throwing the ball you know 120 yards at that time it's uh, very different <laughs> now but uh had a blast doing it, and then COVID hit, and that all stopped. So we got a year of it, and mm-hmm. then they just it just kind of went away. So, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm glad it came back the way it did. It came back with a vengeance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, did, were you uh, were you an okay putter uh, traditionally uh, with golf? Uh, yes, uh, average yeah. like from the apps, I was averaging like 1.6 to 1.9 around, which was good. Nice. I was really good. Yeah. And then when, so when I first started playing, we were allowed to push the ball, I guess, with putting. I had the notch, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, they had the newer version of the heads to, to rent before I bought my stick. Um, mm-hmm. And it did, so I just took off the, the striking pad 
and just used that mm-hmm. and would push. And then uh, Alex came to the course and watched a fling golf Friday with us one time. And uh, he was like, you can't push it anymore. We don't allow that. So, <laughs> and then it was shortly after that, the world shut down and uh, trying to come back to learn how to putt has been, uh, that's the worst part of my game is putting. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I think so. I mean, compared to what mm-hmm. I was with regular golf, with mm-hmm. I had so mm-hmm. many three and four putts in San Diego and, yeah, and at the yeah. Virginia Open, it breaks my heart every time. I think about it. I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> I know American <laughs> Classic, though. I think I can. I think I'm going to be better putting there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so uh, you mentioned your wife Jamie. How long have you all been married? Uh, we have been married 15 years. Uh, uh, awesome. Yes, uh, my wife is 11 years older than me. Uh, okay. Uh, her birthday is April 11th. Mine is April 10th. So. Um, that's awesome. Yep. She was born in 1968. I was born in 1979. <laughs> it's uh-huh. funny. Whenever we're, we we talk, I'm like, man, I was just a kid when you graduated high school. <laughs> <laughs> we actually we met at the Rusty Rudder in Dewey Beach. Uh, she was a hostess. I was a server back when I was going okay. to college. And uh, I don't know. There was one day she walked in. She came in from her like full time job, and she was all dressed up. And I looked at her. And I was like, wow. I was like, I need to try. <laughs> it took me seven times asking her out before she finally said yes. And then when she, when we did go out, we went out for drinks after work because uh, the Rusty Rudder, it's like a big bar. They have bands and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, she brought her two sisters with her. <laughs> no trust. No, no trust. And so I got her middle sister. So Jamie's the youngest. I got her the, the, the middle sister. Uh, we drank a bunch of Tawaka shots and uh, she was throwing up in the parking lot afterwards. And I was holding her hair and stuff like that. And they all fell in love with me at that. <laughs> so. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. How'd you meet your wife? Uh, we were in grad school. That's together. right. You said that on the previous so, um, You don't need to go over it again. Yeah. So she, um, so when she did a master's degree after undergrad and then moved to the Baltimore area, worked for a uh, scientific journal for a couple of years. Okay. And then had um, gotten into a PhD program in Renaissance literature in Tuscaloosa. Started, I guess she started fall of 06. I started my program in January of 07. Okay. And we met August of 08. Okay. So basically my final semester, at the beginning of my final semester was when we met. And then we started dating uh, a couple of months after that. Do you have PhD? I think we met. Do you have a PhD? I was doing my master's okay. Okay. Uh, for that. Um, so uh, I had been a, a youth pastor in San Antonio. So I had um, done that after uh, after undergrad and then came back to that because I thought I was going to go teach English in China or in Italy or somewhere abroad. And um, I finished up in December of 08, right as the recession was hitting, which was not a good time to uh, get a job anywhere. No. No, uh, but it worked out. We we had started. I think we we say our first date was Halloween of '08. Okay, um, or it was around. It was leading up. We were we went costume shopping for some of my friends were having a Halloween party. So that was kind of the first time we went out and did something just the two of us. That's cool. Um, that's a good memory. So, uh, so yeah. yeah, that's a good it memory. Was, uh, it was fun. That's that's great. I, I guess Jamie and I's like first official date, not going to a bar. We actually went to Atlantic City for the night together. 
that was wild. Oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, yeah, like let's go. And then um, we broke up. And then uh, I was dating somebody else. And then uh, we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't stay away from each other. And uh, mm-hmm. we both mm-hmm. realized, uh, yeah, we need to be together. And it's worked out. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We're both. Awesome. Uh, I think we're raising a good kid with Swaggy P, and he's a great kid, mm-hmm. straight A's, and funny, kind, big heart. You know, so it's a good yeah. match. Yeah. I, I think I've told you this. Uh, so Latham's middle name is Patrick. Ah, I did. Uh, and he's named after Kathy's dad. Ah. Um, so we we were uh, Latham is my middle name, my dad's middle name. It was his dad's middle name and my great grandmother's maiden name. Ah. So we knew that we were going to call him Latham because that's what my grandfather went by. Uh, but we up until we had some advice from our family, we were going to name him. Patrick Latham and let Latham be what we called him. And people are like, look, if you're going to call him Latham, put it as his first name. It's going to be a pain for teachers to have to say Patrick Copeland is like, no, it's actually Latham, especially since Latham's not that common of a name to have that, that on him. But yeah, Patrick's still a a good name. My father-in-law, Pat uh, is an awesome, awesome uh, father-in-law, awesome person. So good definitely good vibes with that name yeah very much so my middle name is patrick so oh sweet yeah yeah yeah. um so and then so my patrick's full name i I feel bad i did we did this to him but so patrick of course my my grandfather passed Mm -hmm. away three months before patrick was born so when he passed away i looked with jamie wanted to go with an irish name because she's irish and uh we Mm. were throwing some names around when uh i call him poppy when pat my grandfather got sick mm-hmm. and passed away. I was like, that's, that's, we're having a son. That's his name. You don't have a choice. And she's like, okay. She goes, can we spell it different or weird? And I'm like, no, it's Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> and she agreed. So she was like, but you got to You got to, uh, we got to use my family name, which is Calder. And I was like, okay. So Patrick called her a little, that'll work. It, it flows. And then my dad <laughs> calls me. So I'm named after both my grandfathers, my dad's dad and my mom's mm-hmm. dad. So, my dad calls me, what about Neil? And I was like, okay, so Patrick Calder Neil Little is what Patrick's full name is. <laughs> it's a pain when it comes to the legal documents for him. I'm sorry. I bet. Yeah. I bet. He can he can drop the Neil if he wants down the road, but he's got to keep it Patrick. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. How did um who came up with Swaggy P? Uh, Austin. Oh nice. Yeah, so uh, I bought Patrick golf clubs when he was seven or eight or maybe mm-hmm. younger than that. And we went over to the midway par three across the street and uh, his mm-hmm. first hole had never swung a golf club, but we just went right out to the par three and he pars the hole. And I'm like, wow. what? And I was like, do you want to continue playing this Patrick? And he goes, yeah. And so then Jamie started doing research and saw that American classic had like a first tee and stuff like that mm-hmm. and camps mm-hmm. for kids. So uh, Jamie took him over there and Austin and Patrick were like two peas in a pod. It was crazy because they both oh, had the sweet. long hair back then. And uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. I picked Patrick up, I guess the second or third after the second or third day of the camp. And uh, Austin comes up to me because I've met him before just going to the course and playing okay. regular golf. And he goes, your son has the most swag I've ever met of any eight year old uh, out there. <laughs> and so his new nickname is Swaggy P. And I was like, <laughs> And it's stuck. Even his buddies sometimes will call him Swaggy. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's awesome. He's cooler That's than awesome. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, I, I have a couple of other things I wanted to, to ask you about. One of them, uh, the connection to American classic um, and just, I mean, I, I saw this when I went there last May. Um, it's just been further um, reinforced uh through social media, but getting to know you and the group there, just uh, it's not just a group of friends, but it's very much a family uh, there. Um, and you were, was it, was it right before the tournament last year that your wife had an accident? Yeah. yeah. She had yeah. a very out of the ordinary injury. Um, it was nothing sp specific. She did. Um, she started with some headaches and just very low energy um, going in and out of the ER three or four times. Um, she was air backed from BB to Jefferson up in Philly. Uh, mm. uh, as the third time we went to BB's ER and I called our primary care, uh, Dr. Jaha, who's amazing. It's like 1130 at night. And I'm like, there's, there's something wrong. Like she's turning gray. Like I've seen it because oh, being, wow. had, I was a CNA for a while. I worked on med surge floors with my education okay. and stuff like that. And I was like, I, I'm watching her bleed out. Like I, I can see it. I've seen it before. And she was like, mm -hmm. I I see. She was like, I'm going to request a spinal tap. So that's for meningitis. Mm -hmm. And uh, 1130 at night, this is a primary care doctor. You know, we're in the ER. So she, she was like, I'm getting off the phone with you. I'm calling the ER doc right now. Calls the ER doc. And when they did the spinal tap, it was blood red. So mm. um, they immediately called Jefferson because BB and Jefferson for neuro uh, issues mm -hmm. have a partnership. Um, they got a full body scan of her MRI. It took like four and a half hours. Uh, I was, oh, I was wow. loopy at this time and yeah. come to find out uh, long story short, she spent five days in Jefferson's neuro ICU Um they were able to stabilize her to where she wasn't bleeding anymore. But basically what happened in her thoracic spine, she had a bone spur break off her spine or off her vertebrae mm -hmm. and puncture her spinal cord. And she was oh, bleeding yeah. like it didn't touch the cord itself, but punctured the dura, which is extremely vascular. So when mm -hmm. it was, when it would, she would move, it would cause that to scrape up and down the dura and was causing her to bleed. And she massively wow. that the MRIs are crazy looking of it. Um, like you can wow. see these, like the scabbing around the spinal cord. So she ended up having an eight hour long surgery. Um, they had to mm. remove the facet joints at that level. They had to fuse everything together. And uh, it's a year and a half now ago. And she's still mending. You know, every day is mm -hmm. a little bit better. I, I knew my wife was coming, like, she hates when I say this, but my wife coming back to me because she wasn't the mm -hmm. same person, you know, she spent, after surgery, she spent three months in our living room, in our bed. Thank God we have an adjustable wow. bed so she could get herself comfortable, uh -huh. but I moved the bed downstairs in the living room because it's right next to the kitchen mm -hmm. so she could be around everything. And for three months, she was in that bed when she got home. And so- wow. It, 18 months ago now, um, two weeks ago. So Jamie has always been a morning person. So annoying to me because I'm mm. not a morning person. <laughs> but ever since her injury, that has changed. And 
mm-hmm. it was like opposite. I was trying to be up just to get her up for the day, and she was mm-hmm. grumpy. And so the way she was before, she would sing and dance every morning as she was getting ready. She would just pick a random song and start singing and dancing and just being loud. And <laughs> like, come on, Jamie. Uh, two weeks ago, she did that for the first time since her injury. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yes, yeah, so that put a big smile on my face and was like, yeah. yes, uh, she is definitely on the mend. And there's still some issues there, you know, but mm-hmm. she she can move all of her fingers, she can move all of her toes, and she's still with us, thank mm-hmm. God. Because mm-hmm. I that night, the last night in the BBER, I, she was arguing with pillows. That's how bad it was. And wow. she was turning gray. Wow. I mean, she was losing tons of blood. So it was when the night before her surgery, uh, the surgeon called me and was like, uh, I just want you to know there's an 80% chance that she's going to be paralyzed after this. Cause it, uh, they, mm-hmm. it took them five days. And the, the reason why she was in the neuro ICU for five days is because they were afraid to operate because they've never seen anything like this. Wow. Sometimes it will happen in the lower thoracic spine or vertebrae. Okay. This was up where it was never happens. It's like the first known case of it. So they were, reached out all across the country to different neuros, different spine doctors mm-hmm. to get advice. And finally this, this doctor, the one that ended up doing it, thank, thank God he did it was like, I'll try it. I'll do it. And, uh, mm. it, she can move all of her fingers, move all of her toes and she's not paralyzed. So she should have been, we're lucky. She's not mm-hmm. because if that, mm-hmm. if that, mm-hmm. if that bone spur punctured the cord, it would have severed it. So it didn't. Oh wow! Yeah, so thank God for American Classic and Fling Golf because that was my mm. that was my way. You know, when you walk in your house and your wife is laying in the living room on on your bed and I'm sleeping on the couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was That's very afraid to. Uh, I'm kind of a restless sleeper, and I was always afraid I'm going to hit her. Mm. And still to this mm-hmm. day, I mm-hmm. I don't sleep in my own bed every night because I'm afraid I'm going to hit mm. her if I'm feeling anxious or something like that before I go to bed. So. True. Yeah, 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 yeah. True. If it wasn't for American Classic, Austin and Brett and Brandon and all those guys and fling off, I, I would have been in a much darker place. So, wow, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. That was that was wild. <laughs> I mean that that's a, 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 yeah, wild, physical and mental toll for her. Um, I, I I'm guessing, and not to diminish anything that she's had to go through, but I mean for you as well, that's just uh, a lot to have to deal with and support, um, I'm sure for, uh, for Swaggy too, just to have that, that, you know, that's a significant life change. Very much so. And I, a lot of trauma. Yeah, very much so. I mean, we all have a little bit of PS, PTSD from it, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just, mm-hmm. we've all, we're all a little bit different, you know, and this is in the middle of mm-hmm. COVID mm-hmm. as well. Like we couldn't go and see her in the hospital at points, you know, yeah. like the, the one, the first time we, Patrick and I went up to Jefferson, I snuck up a back stairwell that was employees only just because they weren't going to let mm-hmm. us in because Patrick was under 18 or whatever. And yeah, I, yeah. I was looking around and I was like, there's a stairwell. I know she's on the fifth floor. I'm going up there and I'm, mm-hmm. people keep trying to stop me. And I'm like, no, my son's going to go see his mother. She hasn't seen her in five days. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. yeah, they were mad at me, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah yeah. it it lightened up that the longer she was there i guess they put a note on her Mm -hmm. account they would let us up at that point but it was yeah not being able to see uh so the day of the day the night of her surgery um it was supposed to be early morning um i woke up i guess i don't know if this is sympathy pain but i woke up with kidney stones 
Oh, goodness. Yeah, have you ever had a kidney stone? <gasps> no, I haven't. Not <laughs> yeah, it's the worst thing ever. Don't drink soda. <laughs> um, I'm on the floor. So my wife is first beginning life-saving surgery at 9 in the morning. I'm in my bathroom on my floor in the master bathroom and just crying in pain because of the kidney stone. <laughs> and I'm supposed to be driving from Lewis up to Philly to Sir Patrick and go see his mother. And I can go say, you know, love you to my wife before her surgery. I yeah. couldn't drive. I couldn't. I couldn't do anything. So I'm calling uh, my wife's best friend, Beth. Uh, God, thank God for her. She, I was like, mm -hmm. Beth, I need you. And she's like, What? And I was like, I've got a kidney stone that I'm trying to pass. I cannot drive. Can you please take Patrick up there? They got there with ten minutes to spare, and Patrick was able to be there with wow. her. There's video of it and everything like that. So, yes, that was that was brutal, man. So then, then mm. so I didn't pass it the whole time she was recovering in the hospital. When I was going up to to pick her up, I had to pee so bad on my drive up there. I I pulled into the parking garage at Jefferson and peed right next to my car because that's how bad I had to go. And the kid, <laughs> and the kidney stone came out. <laughs> I heard it. I, I heard it hit the garage floor. It was like ting, and I was like, there it is. And I felt like a different person after that. <laughs> that's how connected my wife. <laughs> I'll never forget that story. Oh, jeez! Oh, I walk in with a big old smile on my face, and Jamie's like, "What are you happy about? I'm not in pain anymore, hon. I'm good." Glad you're good. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a picture of her and I uh, after I picked her up. She was supposed to get released at like 10 in the morning and it wasn't until mm -hmm. six or seven at night and, and we're sitting in Philadelphia traffic and I took a selfie of us and just we're both smiling and I was like, ah, I'm bringing her home. Thank God. So, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. You, uh, you mentioned the, the crew at, um, ACGC, um, being incredibly supportive and, uh, what are, what are some of the other things that, that you did to, help your mental health through that time or, or other, other times. Uh, okay. So, uh, that was something I did kind of want to talk about this. Like something that fling off has brought to me is, you know, it's, it's a way to deal with when you're going through something in life, you know, it's you're out in nature, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm a big surfer. It's one of the reasons why I live at the beach, but ever, mm -hmm. ever since mm -hmm. last May, I maybe surfed two or three times and I was a multiple time a week surfer up until then. But for some reason, huh. Lingoff does something to me in my mental health. It's, um, I heard your recent after show and Austin was saying there's something happens when he puts the fling stick in his hand. It doesn't mm -hmm. for me as well. I mean, Austin's my, he's not, I'm not Scantron. I'm not that good, you know, so the, the apex, they got to have the best, right? So, but I play fling <laughs> off with Austin three or four times a week, you know, and, and when mm -hmm. we could both be having a crappy day and we go out there on that first, the, the new hole one, the 150 yard hole one at American classic. Mm -hmm. That's not easy anymore. <laughs> That's a hard hole now. I was looking at the, the scorecard. I don't think I realized it had been pushed back 150. Yeah. Um, it went from a little chip shot now to you got to give her. So you know, let, 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 I, I'll interrupt your story yes. real quick. Yes. Um, because when we were in West Virginia playing at Cape and Springs, yes. there was uh, about a 110-yard hole uh -huh. that had a huge bunker in front of it, plays downhill, and you had the brilliant not only idea but execution of a line drive that skips once or twice in the bunker 
And your second time way. through, it rolled the hole. You were three feet. Uh-huh. From the hole. Uh, yeah, no, that was awesome. <laughs> I used to do this in ACGC on hole one. Yeah, that's what I would do until <laughs> until Rock decided that he wanted to put that layered turf. So now you, you can't do it anymore. You have to get to the green. And then you got the little tiny opening on the left. It's a hard hole now. But I, yeah, yeah. so fling golf, I mean, I've always been around sports. You know, I played club soccer, mm-hmm. played high school soccer, you know, and I always thought sports was kind of my way of dealing with my mental health. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I had... I have two special needs brothers. Um, I have one brother who's, he's, I can't, can't believe I'm saying this. He's 40 now. Um, he's got a syndrome mm-hmm. called Soto syndrome. Um, okay. uh, they didn't know what he had until he was uh, eight years old. Thank God for Johns Hopkins. Amazing team there. Wow. They figured it out. Soto syndrome was founded by Dr. Soto, who was a Japanese doctor. Um, it's prevalent in uh, uh, white and Japanese people for some reason. Um, it's a cerebral giantism disease. Um, and Jeffrey, I would say is moderate. He's not severe, but he's got scoliosis and epilepsy, Mm -hmm. which are the big things that has hindered him. Wow. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. he's got a 60% sway to his back and he stands at six, four. He has a size 24 shoe. (laughs) They said, if he's, if he stood upright and straightened out his spine, he'd be over seven foot. And he's just got this big head and he kind of looks like me, wow. but just different. You know, he looks like a starter. Just, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I had my mom, when she got remarried, um, mm-hmm. uh, she had a, she had another child that's 19 years younger than me and he has Asperger's syndrome, but okay. he changed his diet, went to the gym and is now stationed in Italy and he, as a corpsman or in the army as a MP. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. Yeah, Jeffrey lives up by the brother with Soto syndrome. He lives mm-hmm. in Dover. He lives in a home that helps okay. take okay. care of him. Um, he's a good guy, though. I'm going to try to get him to come mm-hmm. down and support us. Uh, oh, that'd be cool. May. He would love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, if it wasn't for AC's uh, Austin Brit American Classic playing off, you know, like mm-hmm. going through those times with Jamie, it, they were very dark times. They were very rough times. Mm-hmm. She wasn't mm-hmm. working. Um, you know, my, thank God for the company I work for with benchmark. I mean, they were just take care of your family, you know, do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just, that's an amazing thing. And then, okay. I have all this stuff to do around the house. I'm dad, mom, caregiver to Jamie, mm-hmm. making sure mm-hmm. he's safe and fed. And like, I need something to do on my own and American class yeah, yeah. off was it. I mean, it was, if it wasn't for them, I could have probably been pretty depressed going through that. And I wasn't. And mm-hmm, when then mm-hmm. I know we weren't really playing much up leading up into that, but then when they even came out with the new swarm open, I'm like, Oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So I bought myself a stinger, a 44 inch stinger mm-hmm. before that and played for about a month leading up to it. But I, I wish I would have bought a ballistic ballistics the way to go. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so mental health and, and, you know, you've got to find something that you love to deal with your own mental health. It depends if what you're going through, if you're having a good part of life or if you're not having a good part mm-hmm. of life, you know, you got to find what makes you happy at that moment. And playing golf is that for me right now. So mm-hmm. yes, shout out to LaVita hospitality. Uh, Josh, yeah. Josh, uh, Grasby is a friend of mine. He owns that 
he's uh, Levita is uh, Taco Rijo, which is down the street from the classic. If you get sick of the classic food, I'll just give you some restaurants mm. for May. Taco Rijo, they're great. They're really good. And then Crooked Hammock, which I believe a bunch of you guys went over there when you were here last May. Uh, so mm. definitely go mm -hmm. check them out. Yeah, they're, they're a big supporter cool. of mine. Um, you know, since day one, they helped me get to Virginia. They helped me get to San Diego. Um, they're going to help me out getting to everywhere else this year, too, as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's great, yeah. Neil. Had, That's had really to call cool. them out. I'm sorry. So, yeah, no, 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 no apologies. <laughs> no apologies at all. It's, um, it's cool. I, yeah, I mean, what you're saying about mental health is, um, is spot on. Um, I think, you know, finding ways, it, it, you know, research, uh, doctors are clear. Get outside, move your body. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be strenuous. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, uh, adventurous or like it, it doesn't have to be running, but doing something that uh, gets you outside, gets you moving and you can do consistently right. uh, is a great way to, um, uh, to give yourself a better chance right. uh, at staying healthy, being healthy, um, whether that's physically, mentally or emotionally or all the other ways. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like within fling golf, there's some partiers, you know, I guess West Virginia kind of showed us that, you know, and you know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, I, I believe fling golf can be help people like that. You know, the big partiers, like you, you can go outside and be healthy instead of just going to the bar or something mm -hmm. like that. You're outside, you're getting mm -hmm. sun, you're walking, you're riding, preferably walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's good for the soul. It's good for the mind. It's good for your mental health with mental health being in the forefront now, which I think is great. You know, growing up in the mm -hmm. household that I did with a special needs brother, you know, it wasn't, I, I indulged myself in the sports because my parents mm -hmm. were so wrapped up in the figuring out what was wrong with Jeffrey and how they could figure out. Mm -hmm. how, it, it, it was a strain. So I indulged myself in sports and that was my way of dealing mm -hmm. with what I had going on at home. And uh, I, I think I was given a little bit of athletic ability with my dad being a pro, uh, professional yeah. cross player and professional coach. Um, so it was my escape. And so Mm -hmm. I believe mm -hmm. sport is a great escape and fling golf is a great way to mm -hmm. do that. It's a very athletic move. I think in fling golf. It is. It, I mean, so much so that I've, um, I've thought um, like I need to make sure that I've got some consistency with a one step throw uh, because I'm not going to be able to take two to three steps in 15 years necessarily to get that kind of, to generate that power in the same way that, you know, you can, you can be um, in your seventies and eighties. And if you're standing still with a golf swing that, you know, you can do that, right? right? There is an athleticism to the fling golf swing, uh, particularly if you want to throw uh, where some of the top players are throwing right. um, that, you know, I, I'm like, yeah, I need to, it's fun right now, but I need to make sure that I'm, not completely dependent on my legs for distance going forward. Right. right? And how to play, how to play, you know, um, with, uh, with some smarts um, and not, not hurt myself on the tee box. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I, um, before about three weeks before San Diego, um, maybe two weeks, um, I was out playing with Latham and it had rained a couple of days before, and I slipped on one of the um, tee boxes. I didn't hurt anything, but it, it left me kind of ginger and thinking, huh, I want to really make sure my footing's uh, fitting solid because um, like, 
I, I felt like I kind of got away with something where I, I, I missed out on a big injury from that. I was like, I don't want to tempt, uh, tempt fate on that. I, I almost, uh, in San Diego with all the rain, I almost went and bought cleats, like soccer cleats or baseball cleats. Yeah. Just because yeah. I tend to slip too um, when it's wet mm-hmm. and you can really hurt yourself. I mean, I've, I've, Mm-hmm. I hurt my back playing uh, lacrosse when I lived up in Canada. We were talking about that before. I got mm-hmm. crushed during the second year I was up there, tryouts, uh, into the boards by this overzealous guy and herniated my L5-S1 and had to get surgery because of it. So my, my oh, back is man. tender, you know, and you, uh-huh. you can see uh-huh. it in my throw. I'm very stiff fling thrower. Um, uh, so slipping, is a, it, that's – it's a, uh, something that everybody needs to be careful with in playing golf because I've yeah. slipped a few yeah. times. I have to wear golf shoes now. And as if it's dry, mm-hmm. I'm fine. I don't need to wear golf shoes. But I, I've thought about right. even wearing cleats if it's real wet out. Mm-hmm. I was wearing Crocs. Yeah, I bought some. Crocs? <laughs> I, bought some, I bought some spikeless uh, golf shoes partly for the waterproofing because I was wearing uh, running shoes yeah. and – I got out one morning and there was dew all over the course. And by the second hole, my feet and socks were <laughs> soaked through and it was not a pleasant no. time on the course. I bought myself, right before San Diego, I bought myself a pair of Nike Air Max spikeless golf shoes. And those things were perfect. Yeah. I was so glad I bought them. Mm-hmm. Except for mm-hmm. on the cart path, I was, I was slipping everywhere. <laughs> I think I should <laughs> twice. <laughs> so one thing I wanted cool. to say to you, Adam, that the Virginia Open – I, I think was amazing. I think you, oh, and, you and Cutter did an amazing job at that with, you know, the delays and stuff like that. Um, I, I had a blast there. I was, that was the year anniversary of my wife's injury when she started having issues. And that's mm, all I could mm. think about all weekend. It was the first time I missed uh, one of Swaggy's uh, lacrosse games was that weekend. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was not in a good headspace and I was a little grumpy while I was there, but you guys did an amazing job. I think the way both courses were set up, being at Massanutten and being at Heritage Oaks, I think was a blast. I'm very curious to see what you guys do this year. Um, I am too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we, we we've had some conversations. We uh, we rode together up and back to Cape and Spring, so we've uh, we've got some stuff uh, in motion, looking to get more sponsors, trying to finalize where we're going to play and what that setup's going to be. Uh, lots of interest. Uh, that's growing locally. I think maybe a league or two popping up, um, but it's, it's really nice to, uh, to hear that. Uh, we, you and I got to play a practice round. I think that was the first time we had hung out together, uh, played a couple. ahead of the, um, we played in Virginia. No, that's what I was saying in Virginia, when you came down early, yes. uh, we, we got to play around, which was fun. Uh, and, uh, really fun to meet you. I was going to say, you were talking about your swing. Like when I watch you throw, I don't think about you having a stiff swing at all. I think about, like, I think it's incredible that you don't drop the ball uh, with your lacrosse background and uh, the way you've got the ball in the basket. Uh-huh. You know, you're, it, it's just like, any, if I have the slightest movement um, in my wrist, the ball pops out. Right. And, and in Virginia, like I had, I had two, uh, two strokes I lost because I went, I was going to try to go extra and the ball popped out and then I watch you and, and TJ too. Or the TJ's two that amazing. Come to I don't know how he does the things he does. I can't do all that. <laughs> but you, you've got some, you've definitely got some sway in, uh, in the back swing, but it, it, it's, it's consistent. It, uh, and 
man, you're chunking chunking the ball. It's uh, I'm throwing it far really cool now. Watch. I'm I'm getting close to 200 now. I think I mm-hmm. um, I threw one last week. I was, I was using the tracking on my phone. It was tracked at 233 mm-hmm. with roll, of course. <laughs> yeah, it was a bomb too. A little bit of wind behind me, not much though, but it was just uh-huh. it hit perfect and just rolled out. Probably landed at 180. Um, yeah, I. I feel as though I'm, my distance is really starting to show. Now that it's getting warmer, the cold weather affects a fling ball, I think. It does, doesn't it? I mean, that was kind of it's – uh, it's a mental thing to kind of remember that, okay, yes, I haven't played as much as I had in the summer or the fall or whatnot, but to kind of shake off those cobwebs. And, but then to get out there and like, feel like you're throwing it as far as you can and it's going 160 is kind of disappointing when it – had been, you know, you had 20 or 30 yards before. Yeah. Austin and I have had many frustrating rounds over this winter. Like, what? why is it only going 150? I'm giving it everything I got. <laughs> but it, it's amazing, like, the guys like Dustin um, and Brandon, how they throw. It's, like, effortless. Where you and I, oh, to generate man. power, we have to move our body to get that power. Right. I mean, you come from so far in, I, the power that you have is amazing to me. But Brandon and Dustin and Big Cat, I mean, they're just, 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 I know, they barely I know. do anything. The ball goes a mile. <laughs> I wish I could have that. I, love, I got to play with Dustin uh, in uh, Delaware last year, and it was awesome getting to meet him. And I'm looking forward to seeing him again. Yeah, me too. Uh, in, Sure, just a few weeks. Yeah, he was my partner at the Virginia Open for the alternate shot. Yeah, that's right. And I yeah. let him down. I felt I, the whole round. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm just, I, I, I'm dealing with the, I'm dealing with some stuff at home. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he's like, well, just stop saying I'm, you're sorry. And we weren't that far off from everybody. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I'm learning in fling golf, if you're struggling, probably everybody else is too. There's something with the course that's yeah, making there's it. a good shot that. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the, the the San Diego team event, that was rough. I mean, that the team. Oh man, it was. It, it, yeah, it, it was a, you know, it's a, a relatively tight course as far as length goes, but there's some stuff that is not easy, and uh, and then you throw the conditions on top of that. You've got some really fast greens that got even faster as uh, they got with wet the, with the weather. <laughs> no. Man, it was. <laughs> yeah, I still think oh, the the greens on hold too. We're just, you know, you, you're going uphill and then you get to the green finally. And it's just like the slightest tap is going to send you back down. <laughs> I, I overshot the, the approach shot during the team event on two. That was rough. Yeah. That, that was a hard hole. I liked it though. <laughs> I, I like that. There's courses. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is Heritage going to have the individual? For the Virginia? Um, TBD. We would, we would love for it to. Okay. Um, we've got some conversations with, uh, with the city, with the course and, uh, and with Massanutten too. I think that, um, right now, um, Massanutten is, uh, is really excited and had, you know, right the Monday after we finished the open, uh, we, Michael and I both got a message saying, Hey, this was awesome. The, the, the people that came out to play are fantastic. Um, we might want to take both events. We're like, oh, I love it. Okay. Not, not, we'll not have to leave. We'll I'll take that definitely. Yeah, right. I mean, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of positives to being at one place that has two different courses, and you know, but being compact and not having to drive thirty minutes right. to one place and thirty minutes back. And um, 
especially if you're already either driving in uh, to Virginia or flying in from uh, from other places. It's nice to have everything. So so we'll see. We um we want to you know obviously have more people than we did last year. Uh, we want to find a way to get more sponsors to put more money into the into the prize bucket. Uh, have money for more more top finishers. Um, and so we'll see how that goes and uh, make that uh, pull people in. That yeah, way. I went and uh, submitted. I'm just everything that American Classic has done for me. I feel like I owed them something as well. So I've been helping out mm-hmm. with getting sponsors for the new Swarm Open. So I turned in a couple of credit card receipts and some cash to them today. So we got a bunch of sponsors awesome. um, this year for the new Swarm. So. Yeah, and, and you and you and Austin uh, had the conversation with uh, one of the local TV stations, right? Be here. That's pretty, that's really that's really key. I think we're having the trial run um, Monday. Um, they're bringing out some cameras okay. in the truck and to kind of see how much they can can record because of it mm-hmm. being a nine hole playoff now instead of just the normal three yeah. to five holes. So they mm-hmm. they're bringing out with their camera. They're coming out with the camera crew and trying to see how far they can go away, where they can set up. So. It might not be the mm-hmm. whole nine hole playoff, but it'll be mm-hmm. you know at least the back, the at least the last three or four holes. So, yeah, That's awesome. I, I'm looking forward to that. That should be pretty cool. And then uh, a friend of mine also owns another media company that um, hopefully, hopefully we can record and be able to stream. Maybe not sh- live stream, but stream afterwards the youth event as well. If the parents allow, mm, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that the youth event in May is going to be really fun. You're bringing Latham, right? Uh, and Gwendolyn, they are, they are both interested. Uh, so she'll, she turns eight in 13 days. Uh, so, uh, she, she's, she's super excited about competing in that and seeing how she does. So yeah, that should, that should be really yeah. cool. How old is Lathan again? He, he turns 11 okay. tomorrow. Oh, another yeah, so Aries babies, huh? Babies. Lots of April babies. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. That I can't wait for the youth event. I think that's going to be amazing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just that's the future of our sport. Out of everything that we're it doing, is. I, I really like where I. If I could give anything to fling golf, you know, I I always try to figure out after last May, like where's my place? Like I finished fourteenth or thirteenth, whatever it was. You know, I'm. I'm four in my mid forties. Like I'm not going to be the best player in the world, you know, but how can I, yeah. where's my, like you found your niche being the pod father and having the podcast. Like <laughs> what can I do? And I was like, okay, I'm going to make a year goal. My goal is to get Austin to be number one and then give him somebody to compete against. Cause I have the time with my job mm-hmm. and stuff like that to be able to go up there and play mm-hmm. regularly. I was like, I, I want to give him somebody competitive to go against. Then he kicks my butt. Mm-hmm. 90% of the time, 98% of the time, but it's, it's competitive rounds. And then, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget where I was going with that. What, what you're doing oh, to yeah, the sport. Yeah. So, you know, the, so one was to get Austin the number one, which mission accomplished. Uh, um, and he won Virginia. I mean, the guy was lights out leading up to Virginia. Oh man. He, he had that a great dude, run. It was crazy. I mean, he's, I'm scared to see what he does in May. So, so mm-hmm, my, mm-hmm. what I, how I would like to give back to the sport would be to start like a high school club team, you know, like mm-hmm. golf is played in the spring here, um, in the high schools, mm-hmm. uh, Swaggy P plays lacrosse, which is a spring sport. So once he gets to Cape high school next year, which is local high school, you know, I'm going to say, Hey, let's start a club 
why don't you start a club? So yeah. I mean, it'll be a yeah. fall sport and then maybe it can become a high school sport eventually. Because why not? They mm-hmm. need more stuff to do. Not everybody wants to golf. Absolutely. It's a hard, hard, golf is hard. Playing golf, it's hard, yeah. but to be okay, it takes you, what, three or four holes? Right, right. It, it's just, it's such a shorter, uh, a, a less deep learning yeah, curve yeah. than traditional golf. I mean, I've had guys come out the when we do the fling off Fridays that are throwing 200 yards, they're throwing farther than me after four or five holes. So mm, mm. yeah, I would love, that would be my gift to fling off. I would love to be able to do it. I, that's a great idea. And I think that that's the, you talk about the next generation. That's how it gets built out is um, putting that um, effort and focus resources into making it fun, making it accessible yeah. uh, to folks and um, finding golf courses like ACGC that are so welcoming and, uh, try to drive as many people there to, to pay, to play. I for wish there was more courses like American classic that were so focused on. Right. So maybe that's the other thing is like we need to figure out how to um, either win the lottery or make a bunch of money so we can start buying courses. I would love to just design a fling <laughs> course. That awesome. would be awesome. Oh. <laughs> that would be, that would be so I much fun. So I'm sure. I, I, the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going uphill is tough. <laughs> Playing in the mountains, like being in Delaware, being so flat, you know, and it, yeah, it was difficult yeah. when I came to Virginia uh, last October. I'm like, man, this is tough. Like having to throw uphill and yeah, downhill, like yeah. I'm not used to that. Uh, There's a, it has a different yes. element. Uh, it'll be it'll be cool. I mean, San Diego had uh, some uphill, some downhill stuff at the okay. courses. Those were really great courses. I'm I'm guessing Colorado, New England will also have some. Uh, pretty fun no, yeah, challenges. As well. Yeah. I'm looking forward to new England. I don't know. Yeah. Colorado is right in the middle of Patrick's traveling for travel across. I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to be able to, cause he's going to be playing in some showcases this year too. He's got big dreams. Yeah. He wants to go to Hopkins or Penn state to play lacrosse. So I got to do, them, Good for him. you know, I got to do showcases and let him travel in the summer. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do Colorado, but definitely new England and coming out to Virginia again. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, Neil, thanks so much for your time. This has been uh, so Adam, fun to, I, to, to I, chat. You're, you're a part of Team Delaware, even though you're in Virginia. <laughs> um, hopefully we can play a practice round when you come in there. Yeah, yeah yes. that'd be great. Yeah, I saw that met your wife. Uh, we'll, we'll you touch. Introduce me to your wife as well. Absolutely. She, I think, uh, so we got the email last night um, and uh, we started talking about that. She's, she's like, I don't know if I can play 18. I said, oh, you can do it. She's like, yeah. And, okay. So I think I think I think she's I think she's in. The kids want to uh, want to play in the junior tournament, so uh, it should be a awesome, lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, Jamie, my uh, wife, out there. Jamie, she used to play. Um, she would come out there with us on fling off Fridays, and but mm-hmm. she can't anymore, which stinks. So yeah, she's gonna volunteer. Yeah. She was like, "I'll be the beer girl." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Oh, awesome! <laughs> awesome. Well, awesome, Adam. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This yes, has been so fun. Much. Thank you, Adam. I said it quite a bit in the intro, and I mean it. Uh, Neil, thanks so much for joining. Uh, it's been fantastic to get to know you over the past year, uh, to get to play some rounds with you, to get to hang out, um, and to do this podcast. Uh, great episode. Thanks so much for um, for opening up. Uh, and uh, for everybody um, who hasn't got a chance to hang out with Neil, please be sure that uh, you track him down and spend some Spend some time you can with him uh, in, uh, in Delaware uh, when we are there in May. Um, let's see. Um, uh, 
tune into the after show. Uh, we've got a new episode coming up uh, this Friday, uh, which will be uh, April 14th. Um, and look for subsequent uh, new episodes of the after show on YouTube on the Future of the Fairway uh, YouTube channel. Um, new episodes drop Fridays. Um, I've got your suggestions for some of the guests. Um, still waiting for Charles Barkley to respond. I'd uh, love to chat with him. Uh, if anybody has connections to um, Sir Charles, I would love to, uh, to get that. I'm an Alabama fan. Uh, Barkley went to Auburn. Uh, I'm happy to put that aside and uh, find a way to uh, get a fling stick into his hands because I think it would be much better for him than the golf clubs. Um, so I <laughs> um, uh, hope uh, everybody has a great week. I hope the weather near you is warming up so that you can get out um, and enjoy uh, enjoy some golf courses. Uh, get ready for uh, the regional coming up in West Virginia uh, for the second stop of the WLF Tour in 2023 in Delaware in May uh, and get ready for the next three stops uh, throughout the rest of the year as we head to Colorado, New England, and Virginia. Um, with that, uh, I wish you the best and happy flinging. Talk to you later.